Welcome to this episode of Mind Your Business Mills County. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined by Jenny Davis-Rubeck, Executive Director of the Mills County Chamber of Commerce, and also a special guest today. Oh, are we going to have some fun. Randy Romans of Keg Creek Brewing Company in Glenwood has come, and he has a lot of product lined up across the top of my desk. (laughs) Holy cow. Uh, I I think I saw an episode of WKRP that was an awful lot like this. This this is going to be interesting. Jenny, thank you so much for your time and coming in, and uh, tell us what exciting is happening, or maybe just the mundane things that are going on right now with the Chamber. Well, nothing's mundane at the chamber right now, as, <laughs> as you know. Just first of all, want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I hope it's a wonderful time spent with your family and friends. I uh, just wanted to chat real quick, though, about, of course, Black Friday comes right after Thanksgiving. And then the following day is what's known as Small Business Saturday. So Juniper Metalworks in Glenwood is uh, going to be open that weekend. She's got, um, in addition to obviously all of her beautiful items in her shop, she's going to have hot apple cider, uh, I believe spiked apple cider if you're over 21, and serving some baked goods. Blooming Barn in Malvern will be open that weekend as well. They're turning their greenhouse and gift shop into a holiday wonderland where you can shop for holiday decor, fresh greenery, and gifts. They'll be open 10 to 5. Whiskey Wolf Liquor in Glenwood, which we just spoke to one of the owners a couple of weeks ago, they have ready-to-wrap gifts available. So if you're shopping for me this holiday season, please stop by Whiskey Wolf Liquor. Well, (laughs) they'll have your name on file there for all your favorites, right? Yes. (laughs) Also that weekend, Bodega Victoriana Winery outside of Glenwood. Uh, Sunday the 27th from 2 to 5, they've got live music. And with... I can't read my own handwriting. Bill, I think it's maybe Salmon. And then, thank you. Thanks, Randy. Randy's shaking his head yes, so thank you, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Russ's Market there in Glenwood also has a sweepstakes going on. So shop there uh, for a chance to win a $500 gift card, which would be huge. And then finally, Keg Creek Brewing, our guest today. They are going to be open on Black Friday for uh, the Iowa-Nebraska game. And then also Sunday, the 27th, they also have live music going on from 2 to 5 in their tap room. And thank you so much for coming, Randy. Thanks for bringing your product. It's not even noon as we record this, but it is a Friday. so It is a Friday. And it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, that's what, uh, that's what they say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which works for me. Randy Romans of Keg Creek Brewing Company in Glenwood, Iowa. Randy, thanks for your time. And uh, also, thanks for your generosity um i'm taking a look at this and uh um, side to be honest some of this i have had yes uh, not everything the product that you have uh, there it's called lemon stand uh, lemonade stand yes yeah lemonade stand that has uh it, it has a certain tartness to it correct yeah it, it's <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's a it's a sour and uh it's a goza and a sour and then we get it in the brewing process we end up getting it it gets that little lactic acid little taste to it and then we kill it when we get it gets to the point that we like it and then uh there's a lot of people i tell you right now sours there's a lot of people enjoy sours one of my favorites for sure i just bought a six-pack from you last week (laughs) it's one of those deals where it's not for everybody but for those people that do like it it's it's wonderful and i always you know i equate it to beets you know some people love them you never either you don't or you do and so it's what do you like it doesn't matter what I like. It reminded me when I had it of, um, my grandmother used to make a gooseberry pie. I don't know if you've ever yes. had that. Yep. And my cousin described my grandmother's gooseberry pie as 
so sour it would suck the door off the hinges. There you, there you go. <laughs> and when I had your lemonade stand, it kind of reminded me of that. I said, yeah, that is tart. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people that really enjoy it. And I know for me, when I, I'm not a real big sour and lemon, lemon fan, but myself, but what I do is I, I cut it half and half with the moss and it mellows it out much like putting cream into coffee and it just mellows it out. You just touched on something there, Randy, that I think is very, very important in the business world. It's not about you. Right. It's about the people that you are serving and what is it, how can you serve them and, and bring to them what it is that they like. And I think it's very, very important and you're living proof that that works. Yes. Well, that's the biggest thing. You know, when we started out, you know, this is, you know, we're going to get off it a little bit, but when we started, we did an IPA, we did a stout, we did a brown, and we did a wheat because we knew if it was up to me, we'd have had ambers and browns. That's all we'd have because that's my favorite style of beer, but not everybody's like that. So you have to have the light stuff to the darker stuff. Where on uh, going back to the beginning when you first started having the idea of even brewing your own beer, uh, what, what were your thoughts back then? I had some friends of mine invited me over and asked me to try some beers and I tried them and then one of them wasn't very good and I <laughs> and I told them that and they said, well, we know you'll be honest, so would you like to brew with us? And uh, one of them is one of my partners, John Butel, and then we started brewing beers and having fun with it and making some pretty good beers and then we got going with uh, several of my buddies. Uh, all of a sudden, we had Art Renzi and uh, Grant Hebel and myself and a few other people are starting to brew beers, and then we put them out to different uh, competitions, started winning some ribbons. Iowa State Fair got some ribbons back. And then we had some people that asked us if we'd uh, start brewing beers locally, and one of them is uh, Doug Grave, who now owns Bodega, but when he was with Vine Street, he said, we'd love to serve local beer along with our wine. And then when they did that, we said, well, we'll serve your wine, you serve our beer. So that's when we decided we had a customer, so we decided to open up a business. That's all you need is one customer, right? So, sure. Yeah, that, well, you, yeah. you can't have two customers without yeah. the first one. Right. That, that's, how, that's how it worked here. You know, when I first started thinking about doing this type of work, and I went and talked to the Council Bluffs Chamber of Commerce, and we started talking to them, and then I went down, oh, that's awesome. That is just the best sound of the world. Uh, and then I went down and talked with your predecessor, uh, Jenny, uh, Rachel Reese, and uh, we learned that there is benefit to doing this type of work. Same way with you, Randy, that you found out that there is a need right. here, and uh, not just a need, but a desire. And then you opened up a uh, commercial space, and it has become very, very popular in Glenwood. Yes. And when we... We were looking for different spots, and when we were looking around, uh, we, you know, we found our original place, and uh, it already had a cooler. It had been a Bordeaux pizza, and before that, a service station. So, but it already had coolers and freezers and stuff, so it was really easy for us to move into. You know, we had to do a little revamping, but all in all, and uh, you know, 2011, uh, early 2011 is when we started. Then we actually opened up, served beer for Ragbri in July, not our own beer, but then. September of that year during homecoming is when we opened up and actually served the beer that we had produced. And that was a, a big day. And a lot of people were like, um, I don't know if I could do this. I'm a, I drink the domestics. And we said, well, just give it a try. And we've, a lot of people have, and they've, uh, 
they'll still do domestics, but they'll do ours also. I think Good. that for me anyway, that uh, the domestic is um, it's a reminder of a while back, you know, having lost my dad a couple of years ago. So I'll go and his thing was, uh, well, I, we, I don't care about sponsorships. It was Miller Lite was yeah, one that right. he always drank uh, when I was uh, working with him and we go to like go to shoot some pool or something. And that was his choice. So if I have one now, it just reminds me of him. But there's times that that's not what I'm after and want something uh, that maybe I'm not as familiar with, which would be a lot of the stuff that you have. And it's also, you are in a lot of retail shops too. So oh, yeah, all over Nebraska and Iowa, you right. know, we distribute, we've got seven distributors in Iowa and three in Nebraska. So we're pretty much from place to place. So, all right, well, we're here we go. This and you've is, got an Oktoberfest in yeah. front of you. Okay. This is, this is a brand new experience for me. <laughs> I have never drank anything of that had alcohol in it in front of a microphone, well, whether, it, whether it be radio or whether it be a podcast or regardless of what it is, this is a first for me. So. We will not let you overconsume. That's, <laughs> I, I appreciate that's that. That's a big thing that, that's a big thing down at the tap room too. Yes. We don't want to overserve. Absolutely. Okay. Always. So this, this one I'm about to try is the uh, Oktoberfest, correct? Cheers. All yes. Right. That's a seasonal that we put out every year. It's a March end. And uh, I think it's silly that we have to put a label on as an October 1st or an Oktoberfest, it, it should be a Martzen style beer that could be year round. This is a beer that and I really Yes, enjoy. it is. I enjoy this, but then all of a sudden come, you know, from July 1st, you've got Oktoberfest out and then end of October, oh my gosh, no, we can't have Oktoberfest now. Why not? It's a great beer. So, so anyways, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I think that, um, yeah, it's it, it's got a lot of flavor, but it's not overpowering, mm-hmm. I, I think is the uh, um, best way I can describe it. Right. Anyway. That's what I appreciate most about your beer, Randy, is that it's all very drinkable, even if it's, as you know, I don't, I'm not a big IPA right. fan, yep. but your IPAs are, again, very, very easy to, to drink. And what we've always tried to do from day one is if we say it's going to be a style of beer, this is an Emirates, and you know I've got a an Irish style red ale, a Mexican lager, a, a Northeast IPA, you know that type of thing. It's always to style, so that you're not really surprised when you get into it when you start having a couple flavors. So, yeah, it's uh, that goes down well. Yeah, that, it does. Uh, yeah, it's, we're not we're not videoing; it's just audio. But it, um, yeah, that <laughs> it just goes. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little bit of a different, uh, more of a caramelized flavor than what I'm used to, right. but it's not. Um, it's one of the things that I like. Whether it's uh, trying different beers or going to different restaurants or things like that, I like new experiences, and that I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. So there we are. But yeah. So now we can talk brewery stuff. Now, <laughs> that, we, now that we've got some beer in now, us. Now we've got a little beer in us and everyone is uh, everyone is more relaxed and uh, sliding into it. Where did where did the ideas for the different flavors come from? Are you experimenting at all? Or or I'm, I'm curious how many failures there were that never saw a label on a can. Well, there's, oh, there's plenty of, uh, we have produced over 150 different styles of beer in the years that we've been there. We have tried all sorts of stuff and we just can some things that we and we you know put labels on cans to put it out to the marketplace to where we what we think will sell to the public on a mass base uh 
in the tap room, we've got 19 different taps. And right now I think I have 24, maybe 25 beers in the cooler, 25 different kinds of beer. And I've only got 19 taps that I can put those on. So what ends up happening is we rotate things in and out. And a lot of people, and I appreciate appreciate everybody that always does it to us. Hey, when are you going to do this one again? And because we've done like I said, 150, and they're all good beers. And so that's one of the problems that we have. How much of it can we sell? Is it going to be a, is it good for 1% of the people or good for 5% of the people? And, you know, 5% of the people buying it, you know, because not everybody drinks a local craft beer, but so 5%, and that's what we want to do is aim for a, when we start packaging it in, 12 ounce and well we're going to 16 ounce cans here in a little bit when we start packaging in that we want to be able to sell a little bit higher quality quantity so randy you obviously have a huge following uh, not only in the glenwood and mills county area but from outside of the area do you want to talk a little bit about how you've grown from obviously your garage to the to the first facility and now where you are now yeah and that was really nice uh, we went with a small business development center here up at Iowa Western and they were they were really good helping yes us. I've worked with those people they are good they're very good they helped us develop a business plan what we're gonna do how much you gonna what are your expenses gonna be what's your profit margin what do you want to look at and we were pretty close to what we were wanting to do all through the um, process we were about two years behind getting to the 15 barrel system but we had planned to get into all of Iowa, into all of Nebraska. And actually, we wanted to be into Missouri, but the problem is we can't make enough beer right now. We've uh, Iowa and Nebraska are doing a nice job of consumption, so we don't want to short the people that we have right now. But that's all part of that was part of the plan, getting there. The original business plan was all about education, getting people trying different beers. And there's been many people that have all of a sudden they start trying, you know, they're used to one, one style. And then all of a sudden you talk to them and show them, we have a sour, we have an amber, we have a stout, we have, you know, the browns and the IPAs and the different styles of IPAs and the different flavors that can come out of beer. And there can be a lot of flavor, a lot of robust flavors. And that's, and that as we expanded it out, we realized that the distributors didn't want 25 different things on the shelf. You, there's only, you go into Hy-Vee, uh, Fairway, any of the liquor stores or whatever, they've all got these huge walls of craft beer. You have to be able to realize that you can't have all 20 products on the shelf. They've only got space for maybe three or four, maybe five if you're lucky. And if they can have it there for you, and that's why you have to focus on that and being able to make quantity of certain certain beers, we have to be able to uh, focus on, well, focus on that quantity. Is that something that you knew ahead of time, or is that a lesson that had to be learned along the way? That one, that lesson was learned. Originally, when we started, we were giving them, and and that's the mantra of a lot of uh, places, what's new? What do you got that's new? What can we try that's new? And that works you know, and, and there are a lot of establishments that do a lot of rotating of beers, you know, on the different taps. If you've only got eight, then you rotate. 
you know, there's certain beers. Not everybody wants to try something new, and that's understandable. But when you get stuff on the shelf in the cans, that's when you want to be able to have the identifiable product out there on a regular basis. Once people try something and they like it, then they're more comfortable going back to it. In order to get all of this out there, you had to build a lot of relationships with different like distributors right. or, or different people like that. How hard was that to do, or did it just kind of happen uh, naturally? Well, when we started out, um, I was one, kind of the sales guy, and I'm, I'm a little shy. I've, I've come out of my shell. <laughs> So, but, um, okay. <laughs> but when you have a good product and once you get people to try it and it was a lot easier when you have a good product to put out in front of them, you do some sampling. And our biggest thing was just try it. And once they try it, then I, it was easy. Uh, the biggest thing was over the years when we were self-distributing and that's what I love about Iowa and there's like 125 breweries in Iowa now, and a lot of them can self-distribute. You don't have to go through a distributor if you're a native Iowa. So when you're self-distributing and you're keeping it local, you can take care of the vendors. You can take care of one of the things you always have to do is clean your tap lines. And every two weeks, two to three weeks, you have to clean those. And we were having to do all of that. And that's why we went with the distributor because we got we were up in Lamar's. We are in Orange City. Mason City, Des Moines, you know, and then all of a sudden we're starting, and that's just in Iowa, we can self-distribute. Nebraska, we have to go through distributors, but pretty soon we just, we realized that distributors distribute and they do a very good job. Um, the ones that we've chosen have done a great job for us. Uh, we went with Dahl here in Council Bluffs and Des Moines, and then we got others throughout the state, but they've done a really nice job for us because that was one of the things when I was uh, going around asking favorite distributor, that name always came up. So, I'm, I've been familiar yeah. with them for a while. They, yeah, they do they, a nice job for us. Really well, and really being, nice. in the, you know, being in the radio industry, I'm really part of the advertising industry right. because right. That, that's essentially how everybody makes money doing that. And Dow Distributing is, is they understand the importance of advertising. So I hear about them all the time. And to be honest, never really understood exactly what it was that they do yeah you know but it, i'm learning something here that they're out developing relationships and uh that's how they make money the same way as you so everybody benefits right. and that's one of the things when starting out and right now we've got a really good sales team they do a wonderful job getting us in there getting us in front of people and trying things out but that's you have to be able to sell your product and a lot of people say the distributors sell the beer well they don't anheuser-busch sells Bud Light, Bush Light, through many dollars of advertising. Miller, Miller, Coors, they they advertise. The distributors, yeah, they, they're helpful with it, but they're taking orders and delivering your beer, taking care of the product for you. That's their main job is they're distributors. They're not salespeople, even though they've got sales guys, you know, but they have got a large array of product that they have to put out there. And do I want to be their number one? I do, but... You know, that's, there's plenty of people out there. So that's why our sales guys have to go out and sell the beer. I'm curious about uh, the growth that you've had. Mm -hmm. Did you have to put a governor on that engine to make sure that it wasn't going too fast? Yes. And that was one of the nice things is we, we grew very slowly. We started out with a three barrel system. A barrel of beer is 31 gallons. A half barrel is a keg, 15 and a half gallons. That's why it's called a half barrel. So we had a three barrel system. We could brew 90 gallons and we had a couple we do double batches into a six-barrel system. 
So we could only do so much beer. It still takes time, anywhere from 21 to 35 days to brew a batch of beer. So, you know, which is better than wine or spirits, or I shouldn't say spirit, whiskey, you know, all of a sudden it takes four to five years if you want to age it. Wine, you get, you know, you get your product out of the field and then you've got, it's a year. You've all, you know, once a year you can do it. For us, every 21 days to 35 days, between ales and lagers, lagers take a little bit longer. And that's uh, one of the, I always tell people there's only two kinds of beer, ales and lagers, and then everything else is a offshoot of either of those. But anyways, the selling it slowly really helped. Uh, you know, initially we were in Des Moines and Count of Bluffs and a little bit in Omaha. And then, then all of a sudden we went up to Sioux City and then we went up to Carroll and then the guys in Omaha, then we went down to Lincoln for a little bit. Now we're up in Norfolk, and Grand, uh, Grand Island, and Fremont. You know, it's quite quite a ways now. So we're all, you know, we're in Spencer, and, you know, we're up in Okaboji, Mason City, Fort Dodge. And we've grown, and we've added different distributors. And in 2016 is when we went from a three-barrel to a 16 or a 15-barrel system. And then that we were able to produce much. And right now, I think if every tank is full, we're close to 20,000 gallons of beer in production. And that's every 21 days? 21, Roughly. 35. Um, yeah, some take longer. You know, IPAs will take a little bit longer. It might be 28 days, but, you know, every 30 days, we'll put it that. Every 30 days, you can rotate it out. So, Any plans at this point at all to expand production, or are you pretty satisfied where you're at? If you're not growing, you're probably diminishing. You know, so we have to think about it, and thoughts are there. You know, there's been discussion about how much would we need. Do we need to buy, do we need to replace the 15-barrel fermenters with 30-barrel fermenters? And that way you could double production on that one spot on your floor. If you can, or do we want to go with 45-barrel fermenters, and all of a sudden you're, instead of brewing one batch, you're brewing two or three batches into a fermenter, and it's much easier to turn it over that way. Well, I'll tell you what, Randy, this is, I'm fascinated by all of this, and I wish we had about three or four hours just to sit here and talk. I we mean, do. I, I, we <laughs> do. <laughs> well, we've got enough beer here to make it that long, but I do thank you very much very, for, okay. for your time of coming in and, and filling us in on just a little bit of uh, uh, how Keg Creek Brewing Company got started and um, everything that's happening there right now, and I do hope you'll come back. And, oh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I just want to throw a quick shout-out, you know, my my partner's, Matt Kirsch, John Butel, Art Renzi, they've been done a great job. They've been fun to work with. And then our, our staff, I've got the Ducey brothers and our brewers, you know, Mitch and Brian and Matt working for us. And they, they just do a great job. And all my staff in the tap room, they're doing a great job for us. And I just appreciate everything they do for me. Okay. Before we let you go, uh, something that uh, we like to hear from everyone that comes in and joins us on this okay. program is, why did you set up in Mills County? You could put this brewery anywhere. I mean, it, it's sure you found a place that had the stuff, but you're here and you're staying. So what is the motivation for that? Well, the biggest thing I think is we're close enough. Well, it's nice and close to home. We've got people that work for us that have, are driving a distance. I'm sure they would love to see us in, in downtown Omaha. I'd be closer for them. But I moved here in 99. My family, the Army brought me here, and I just really fell in love with it. I retired in 07, and then I I have no desire to leave. There's 90, 92% of the people are great. Yeah, the other 8%, you know who you are. 
Um, um, but other than that, I'm making up a bumper sticker that says that. Yeah, but it's just there's pretty much everything we need is right there. And tell you the truth, once we started brewing our beers in our home brews, the water in Glenwood makes good beer. And being how it's 98%, 99% water, you've got to have good water. And the water that we get out of, you know, out of the system, you know, we have carbon filters to get rid of the chlorines and chloramines and stuff like that. But to make the reds, the browns, the stouts, we don't have to do anything special to the water. And the water is really good. That, that is a driving factor. Uh, the water is really good. There's a lot of places you'll go to that they'll have to treat the water with some kind of minerals, increase you know, magnesium, potassium, whatever. There's a science thing where I don't really care about science. You know, I just want to make sure it's good beer. The people that brew for us do care, which is what I, which I love. But <laughs> the, the water was a big thing. Plus, there, there was a location. Uh, originally, we had such a good uh, f- friend base that, really supported us. That was good. We actually, Council Bluffs invited us up, took a look at, uh, you know, where full-fledged is now. And they asked us if we wanted to be in there. Uh, we looked and we we're already expanding and stuff. So no, we were good to go. But, you know, and that's, you know, people always ask me, oh, are you worried about competition? I go, no, not if they make good beer, because that draws people. And there's enough for everyone. Yes, there is. And the full, the, the market is big enough that... Yes, um, and we're very fortunate that, you know, Everybody around is making good beer, and that's nice because that's one of the biggest things. So, other than that, it's good people, you know. And we, yeah, that's one of the biggest things: is good people, good friends, and the water was a big part of it too. He is Randy Romans, and uh, one of the owners of Keg Creek Brewing Company in Glenwood, Iowa. Thank you so much, sir. Also, Jenny Davis Rubeck, Executive Director of the Mills County Chamber of Commerce, joining us today on Mind Your Business, Mills County. We appreciate you listening as well, and uh, please tell all of your friends. One more. There it is. <laughs> there we go. There we now go. that we're off the air. Absolutely. And we uh, bring you new episodes every Wednesday. So until next time, take care.